0: Welcome to What The Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit.
1: Whatever the frack that means. <laughs> okay,
0: what? what how, how did that come out? What was it? Frack? Yeah, it was frack. Oh, Whatever frack. the frack that means. <laughs> Betsy Wecker, I'm so happy to have you <laughs> with me again.
1: Ooh, this is Thanks exciting. For
0: I know, it is Hold super on. exciting. Betsy is the founder of FAQ, which is a safe space for curious thinking um she's my really great friend she's my fellow workout partner she's my walking partner and i'm really happy to have you back on to chat
1: thanks girl i appreciate it and actually it's a safe space for dangerous thinking but dangerous
0: thinking like, Damn. Curio-
1: but it's also about curiosity so it all it works it all works together thank you for that go
0: back goal. and listen to betsy's episode Betsy Wecker, founder of FAQ. It's an amazing episode. We get we get to like dive into a lot of great topics of conversation. It just like barely scratches the surface and gives you an idea of what she's up to and, and the different experiences that she hosts. I got that part right. Yeah. right. Experiences. Because yes. remember yes, on the podcast, I was like, well, what do we call them? Events? Like experiences. <laughs> truly, yes. truly. Good memory. <laughs> All right. So what have you been up to? What's been your favorite workout of the week or recently?
1: Oh my god. so since we last talked my workouts have changed a lot. I've been working oh, really? out a, I've been working out a, a lot. Um, so I've been doing well, I guess I was kind of doing this before. I do insanity a lot at home. Sha T yeah. insanity. Um, and that's that's really great um, so encourages me to like? dig deep. They're like extreme hit workouts. Um, so can you
0: give me an example of like what one looks like, like what's like, so how doing, long are they?
1: Yeah. So you're doing multiple intervals in a single workout. So you'll do like four exercises back to back for like 45 seconds each. Like so you're doing burpees and you're doing lun- jumping lunges and then you're doing something else that uh-huh. gets your heart rate up and then you rest for 30 seconds and then you repeat that two more times and then you'll okay. do another interval and the moves just get crazier and crazier. It's a lot of plyo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of that and just figuring out how to get a gym level workout in at home because yeah. I have some some fitness goals I'm trying to achieve. Um uh-huh. but I also had a lot of fun coming to that workout with Sarah Jenkins. Yes, we did that one together. We've done a Big couple. Of yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. And uh those you know, similar kind of hit style, but it also incorporating running. And we had this, you and I had this conversation after about like how much more, you know, being around other people while you're working out helps motivate you. And I told totally. you that I found after I did that workout and went back to working out by myself, I was definitely pushing myself harder. So
0: Yeah, was that was really nice interesting. That was yeah. really interesting to hear because I absolutely agree that working out in a group, it makes you just your energy levels are so much higher i feel like i can do things that i can't do if i'm just doing it by myself you know which i mean obviously i can your body's capable but mentally not there but then for you to go back and then on your own you were like it's like you brought back that motivation of other you brought back the energy of other people with you
1: well you realize okay you can push yourself harder here and now that i haven't done one of her workouts for a couple weeks i'm like i can feel myself
0: slacking
1: a little bit so i need that
0: you need to get back in there with her. I know no. I I I missed um this past weekend because my mom was in town. But it I um screenshotted the workout. So Sarah, I'm gonna snag that workout that you guys did last week and try to get it in sometime this week. They're just they're so great. They're like quick, dirty, really difficult. I love them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. She's wonderful.
0: She is so what, so what about she, you? What's have you yeah. done any other my workouts this past week honestly nothing you know i was thinking back and nothing was really sticking out to me as a favorite and i think it's uh somewhat of a testament that i'm just kind of getting into a a workout routine like an at-home workout routine and not in a bad way right it's like we i was so somewhat resistant quarantine working out or like i hated it you know like working out Mm -hmm. in the living room is just not the same and now we're a month in and i'm like okay i'm in a groove like i'm enjoying now my living room workouts like my living room yogas. when i get to go to the mall and do a workout with sarah or you know meet up with some people to do a workout outside whatever it is and i'm like okay i'm like in it like i've adapted you adapt yeah and all of a sudden i'm like yep this is my this is it and not and not in a bad way that that there wasn't a favorite it's just like yeah they were all good and great and I can feel myself getting stronger in my system of strength living room workouts. Cause when I started in March and I was doing those in my living room, I would literally be like brought to tears sometimes because I'm like, this is so hard. Like I cannot do it. And I was so frustrated and like with myself and like feeling disempowered. And now obviously they're still super hard. Like I'm sore after I think every single control class that I do, but I'm feeling like capable and, accomplished within them as that's awesome From before like, that's Venus. a great so like, feeling I, yeah I'm like I feel myself getting stronger and I remember thinking going through those early days of like making a huge shift to working out at home and I'm like oh, one day this is gonna get like I was taught myself I'm like one day this will be easier this will be better like it yeah. might be weeks from now it might be months from now but I know it will happen and here we are it happened
1: well what is it i i've heard something i don't know if it's actually backed by science but it takes like four weeks to form a new habit or something so just like give yourself some time and grace and yeah
0: so here. I am.
1: and and one thing that's nice about the insanity system and it that that thing stands the test of time um shanti is just amazing (laughs) um such a great motivator but they every two weeks you do this fit test you start with it is your first workout and then every two weeks you do it it's like a nine-week program and so every two weeks you're doing the same thing which is like eight different exercises each one for a minute a minute rest in between and so and you're tracking it so you're seeing how many like every time like you can do more And that really keeps, even if the workouts aren't getting that much easier because they're insane, um, (laughs) you're still able to see see that you're making progress. That's cool. One other thing I need to mention is that I did did too. I forgot about this. So I follow Kim Kardashian, like everybody else in the world. And she posted a workout on her Instagram that I don't believe that she actually did, okay? She did did. no way. Yeah. Because she 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 was wearing like ankle weights and she said her trainer had her do some stuff that's like normal, like um, using like one of those big balls and doing like the hamstring curls and doing kickbacks and like a couple other things. And then she was like, and then I ended with 400 walking lunges with ankle weights, no stopping. And I was like, bitch, what? Well, if Kim Kardashian's doing that, which she's not, no way. But regardless, she's saying she's doing it, so I'm gonna prove that I could do it. Did
0: you do? For... Did yes, you
1: do it? not without not without pausing at all because a I kind of have to because my yard's not. So I did like sets of, 100 four sets of 100 with like, minimal pausing like maybe 15 seconds of pause rest yeah. between. And uh,
0: I wasn't that sore
1: after, but it was hard.
0: So I did a Sarah had like sent a workout when she was gone that I did, and yeah. it had a total of 180 walking lunges. They were broken up into sets of 30, with like different exercises and running in between. But just 180 was. So I, I was shit time. Oh my god! My, like by the end of the 30, I just did 30 walking lunges at a time. I was like, yep. Oh my god, my ass! With was no weight, with no weights, yeah and 400
1: yeah i don't hmm. know, i don't really know why i did that except we need to point, yeah there's no way and she was wearing ankle weights bitch. so i don't i'm not trying to hit on kim kardashian i just i just have a hard time believing i mean i find it hard to believe i don't see the muscle i don't see it i see I the results a- of some incredible Incredible, I mean, world,
0: expensive.
1: world class plastic surgery. plastic surgery and like a little bit of exercise here and there.
0: No, I you hear know. you. I hear so, you. anyway, we need, we need to figure it out. What do you want to talk about? What's your thing that you want to chat about? Your fitness, wellness, whatever thing. I don't know. I don't know if you've
1: explored this again yet. Um, you probably have. I'm really interested right now in like the fine line between discipline and like orthorexia. Have you oh, talked about this before?
0: Interesting, Betsy. Do you know what I'm talking um, about? And for I, sure. I mean, we've, have, I've have definitely touched on this a lot. I don't know if we have flat out like had the conversation and called a spade a spade.
1: Well, and, and the reason I bring it up is because at the beginning of the year, I started, I've always you know been into fitness, but I really wanted to to dig deep, as Shanti says, and I wanted to get more dis- disciplined. And at d- uh,
0: drinking game, every time Bessie says Shanti, <laughs> <laughs> drink or whatever or dip- it is that you're drinking.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but no, I wanted to cultivate more discipline, specifically with regards to to fitness. When I I felt like I was in a place of accepting, like I feel I felt good about my body. I didn't necessarily feel like I needed to change it. It was just like okay, and, and you know they always, like you hear that saying it's like you can't really change until you accept yourself which I think is really true anyway so I've been like I work with Ashley Jones and she got put me on this like meal plan and I'm like eating differently and walking 10,000 steps a day on top of my workouts and and so even like I'm really thinking about this with respect to myself because Mm -hmm. there are times when Like, if I don't hit those 10,000 steps, or I just feel like, I mean, I might need an extra rest day or a rest day this week because there have been weeks where I've worked out every day. Um, well, I'm like, maybe I'm maybe I need to back off, you know? I think it's very easy. And it's like, what is that line? How do you define what separates discipline from? Or the obsession this or... is
0: something that I think about a lot and I've I I constantly struggle with this because I think of myself as a very disciplined person and it's something that I value like you know value that I have um but at the same time I know that when it comes to working out I can go down a this dark path where I'm then associating my worth with working out or not or just like how how I how I see myself. So I feel mm-hmm. like it, it, it's so much about like the intention behind what you're doing, like anything else, right? Like if you're not getting your 10,000 steps in and like, h- how are you feeling about that? Are you feeling like, Oh, I'm a fa- like that makes me a shitty person or like, you know, I failed this goal. I feel like you have to do like serious, serious mm-hmm. internal reflection to think about like, where's that coming from? Like where's yeah. that feeling coming from?
1: Right. I mean with everything else I think it's about awareness, awareness of your thoughts and that's why like it always goes back to like meditation for me and like that is the thing I need. This I hate the phrase self-care, but that is like the best self-care you could do for yourself is like becoming aware of the thoughts in your head because it's like yeah, I'll feel I'll feel a little frustrated with myself for a moment for not, um, you know, I only got 7,000 steps in today, or maybe Mm -hmm. I didn't, I barely got any. And I have to like, it's instead of like pushing that thought away, like letting it, letting it be for a moment and reminding myself that, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay to to take a break. It's okay to have a day where you don't do as much. And you literally have to like, be my own mom in those situations yeah um, i mean
0: not only is it okay to take a break like it's necessary it's yeah necessary yeah and so i've tried to reframe of like the discipline for me comes in taking a break when i need to take when i know i need to take mm-hmm. a break mm-hmm. and that's the work versus like for me it's my kind of default mechanism is like yeah i'll work and work and work and work, and work. like 10,000 steps, like, I feel, I'm going to feel guilty if I don't get 15,000 steps a day. you know, like, and then Mm -hmm. that for me, the discipline is not keep working. The discipline is sit on the couch Mm or like to take a break or like, don't do something as intense because you feel like you need to be burning a lot of calories. Like that's the, the, the discipline for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that has become specific with this fitness and nutrition thing I'm doing that has, that's, it's been similar. Like give yourself a break. Don't be mad that you ate, you know, a few more carbs. mm -hmm. It's fine. Maybe that's what your body needed. Um, Likely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's just what you needed as a human
0: being who likes, who likes carbs. So, right, right. No, it's really, it's, it's tough. And with my background and my experience, that can be a really, really slippery slope for me in terms Mm -hmm. of and if i start um feeling really like i need to put myself on a regiment or if i need to be like kind of tracking things and i feel it you know i've talked about kind of reintroducing my my fitbit my my smartwatch back mm. into my life um and i've kind i i don't really track my workout. So like you can program like workout to see how many calories, how was your average BPM, whatever, or you can just not do anything and it will probably like auto-calculate and show up on your phone. But I've kind of taken this, this, the step away from doing any kind of workout tracking. And I am just looking at it now purely like stepwise. I don't know. It's just like something to do and and really sleep. But I, but I did feel myself going down that path already of like, Mm Oh, this workout was this amount of calories. Like, was that enough? Was that enough? And I'm like, don't fucking go there again. Like I've been been down. And I think like, as you get older too, I'm like, I'm sick of being there. Like it just doesn't, I've been in every situation. I've been on such a strict diet. I've been on such a strict workout thing. I've been obsessing over this. I've been not doing enough of that. And like, I've never been happy about it. So I'm just
1: like yeah. I got it just right exactly. That's a that's a great way to think about it. Like did did that way of thinking make me happy in the past? No, it made you miserable. So but, you almost have to like put it down for if you separate yourself from from that stuff for a couple of days and then maybe but, come back to it.
0: But it is a super comfortable place for my brain to go. Right, like because it's a... about
1: control. It's about control every time. Exactly. and I'm, exactly. I have a similar battle. I mean, yeah. most of us, most of us most, do really.
0: Right. Most of us do. I think and I think there's going to be a, a million and one people that can relate to this podcast because that's how yeah. many listeners I have. Right. You know, <laughs> millions. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people will relate. I think it's mm-hmm. a great, I think it's a great topic. I think it's one that I don't know. We can't talk about enough and there's not, you know, the, the, the your question of like, where's the line between discipline and. An obsession i have i don't know yeah i i don't i can't answer that i don't know i think it's a personal boundary yeah but i think
1: it goes back to what you said about like the thoughts you're having are you are you are you telling these bad stories about yourself are you having these these really negative thoughts when you don't reach a goal yeah. or are you just like you know i um or is it is, is everything coming from a positive place of like i'm really excited to like say i did this today
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so it it, it always goes back to awareness i think yeah
0: yeah yeah and and just how you're defining the work and if you're thinking Mm -hmm. of like you want to be you know fit for an overall your overall life then there's you're gonna have to rest you can't fucking work out every single day you can't you can't go hard you can't have a season of growth a season of gains all the time right it's gonna be a pullback
1: but i am all about those gains
0: (laughs) you are all about those games okay I want to talk about how do you feel about quarantine quote-unquote ending quotations as you know we're, this is coming out on Friday restaurants will be open for outdoor seating retails open we have restaurants indoor seating opening up in about a week um, I just hear this sense from people, this like this release of people or oh, this yeah. release from people. And I'm just interested to know how you're how you're feeling about all of it. And I'll obviously share how I'm feeling I, too.
1: I'm excited. I mean, did you listen to the Elon Musk interview, Joe Rogan's Elon Musk interview? I all? heard about the first yeah. like
0: thirty minutes. I haven't okay. finished shit yet.
1: Because they they talk about this whole situation and I, I was just gonna say it really resonated with their What did they say? Um, I mean, obviously, I don't know if you've been watching Tesla and Elon in the news about like, he's wanting to open his, get his plant up and running. And I don't know, there's a lot of interesting stuff. People should just go listen to it. I mean, his, yeah. his, I guess his main thesis is just like, you know, this, this is, there's definitely a pandemic happening. Is it, um, you know, and they his whole thing is like we should really be worried when young, healthy people are getting this and getting seriously sick, dying from it. Not that we shouldn't be concerned about other people, but I think this yeah. whole thing is symptomatic of like our fear, our fear of death and our denial of death. But that's a whole oh, other conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I I'm want to be like, you know. I think most people are excited to be social again, but I think most people are also still wanting to be respectful and wanting to like not just jump all the way back in. And that's where I'm yeah. at. I mean, I'm yeah. ready, you know, to me, you can't separate economic well-being from overall well-being. like they're intertwined. That's just the yeah. reality. and it's not a modern thing. It's, yeah. <laughs> we've always been productive. Like humans have always been moving the world forward through their productivity and through work. It's what makes us like yeah. feel alive. Is being mm-hmm. productive, and so, and I'm excited for people to be able to work who want to work. um yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not excited. gonna lie. I'm excited. Yeah. 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 But also, like, I want to be, you know, again, cautious and respectful of. The situation right
0: so. right right i know i i'm of course excited about the idea of getting back to this normalcy but i think where i'm hung up is that it's not going to be normal
1: right like oh, even, well, you that's know, yeah
0: and so i'm I'm thinking, you know, I just mentioned with my favorite workouts, like I'm just now getting into a a groove of all of this. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like I finally like adapted to this quarantine change and now Mm -hmm. there's gonna be another change. And yes, there is some, we can go out a little bit, you know, or we can, the restaurant experience is gonna be different. Or I, I, you know, I think on the horizon within the next month, you know, fitness studios were gonna open up. What's that gonna look like? It's not gonna be the way that it was. Right. And so now, but it's not going to be the way it is now quarantine time. So it's like, now we're going to have to just get a whole new adaptation. I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to be right back to like square one of March 14th where we're like, what the fuck are we doing? How are we going to do this? How are we going to stay inside our homes? And now here we are, we're like, okay, well, we did that. And now we have to do this other thing. And yeah, obviously as humans, we're super adaptable. Like that's who we are, right? We can adapt. We have you adapt or you die yeah but but i'm i'm just like a little bit anxious and nervous for like this new wave of of feelings and uncertainty that we don't know what's going to happen
1: totally i mean i think at the same time this is like this is a great time because as you said as humans we are adaptable but it's also a muscle like anything else that can atrophy and i and i think it's a muscle we're going to need more and more like it's not yeah. going to like slow down we're going to have to continue to adapt as technology accelerates like everything yeah. keeps changing in this globalized crazy world um so if anything like i think this is an opportunity to see this as like okay this is like a testing ground and this is my opportunity to like figure out how to switch gears and stay yeah. Sane. Yeah. Get
0: your mind in a place where you're able to quickly shift gears and it doesn't totally throw you off balance to be like, what is this new reality that I'm in right now? I mean, and, and if it, if that happened during quarantine, like lost your job, everything about your life changed. Like, obviously that it's not like you did something wrong by not being able to adapt quickly. That's, that's not what I'm saying, but that this kind of constant state of fluctuation can help us prepare.
1: That'd be like water, you know.
0: Ugh, I'm not like water. I'm more like <laughs> I'm more like a like a thick maple syrup. Slowly <laughs> <So, laughs> so oozing. Funny. Oh, it's oozy. A liquid though it's a liquid. Stuck. Yeah. Just got to heat me up and then I'll <laughs> flow faster. Got to warm her up. <laughs> oh god, I have to
1: That's stop. That's funny
0: um so yeah I don't know what to think I just also keep going back to like I don't know what I feel one day is one thing the next day is another
1: right
0: I have have contradicting feelings of oh god I want to be out i want to go to a bar i want to be surrounded by people i want to talk to strangers like right. all those things and then in the next breath i'm in the grocery store and i'm like you are standing way too fucking close to me get away right now
1: right it's this weird <laughs> mix of like extreme stranger danger but also i want to talk to strangers because i haven't seen any new people in 20 years yeah
0: yep yeah. yep yeah. yeah. that's yeah. how i feel i don't know what to do well okay speaking of quarantine What's wild card? What's been your favorite quarantine purchase? <laughs> well, there have been a lot. Uh,
1: I think you and I relate on that. You know, been yes. doing plenty of online shopping. Um, actually, I'm holding one of them. This is like a very small purchase that happened at the beginning of quarantine. It's this, okay, so I obviously have a shit ton of big ass curly hair.
0: Yes, it's beautiful.
1: And hairbands, like especially for working out, hairbands are constantly snapping and like just not working. So um I found these hairbands on Amazon trying to figure out what they're called. And they're really thick. They look
0: very thick. I can see them you holding them.
1: But they like one so it like but you can't see it. I mean I guess it just matches my hair. Um, but it really holds its shape and it doesn't create kinks in your hair which is like i didn't know that that existed so they're called they're on amazon it's like a pack of eight or something for eight bucks they're called styla hair thick no crease hair ties okay that's a lot but that's a mouthful but styla for big hair ladies but also um i just ordered a really cute little uh workout Obsessed? Two piece from Outdoor Voices, Ooh. and it fits like a freaking dream. What color? What color? It's um, they called it Aruba. It's like green and yellow kind of mix. It's their freeform fabric, which I've already got stuff in this fabric. It's really soft and. It just it fits like a glove i love outdoor outdoor voices i stand outdoor voices always well
0: i'm hoping that you'll be posting a gram pic soon to your store so that that we can get some an inside (laughs) view of that so i i feel like i've oscillated when it comes to my stance on online shopping where Mm. i've been at this like it doesn't matter you're not going anywhere don't bother to spend the money just mm-hmm. forget about this purchase right do like an extreme where i ordered three bodysuits within 30 seconds <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know exactly
1: i know exactly <laughs> what you need yeah
0: so, so i'm like I, I i don't know but i i think my my favorite my favorite quarantine purchase has got to be my aritzia bright orange sweater.
1: orange pants i knew you were gonna say that they're great that orange they're bright orange. orange
0: they're so comfortable i ordered them like two sizes too big so they're just like delicious on my it feels like i'm like putting on a warm hug i truly mm. love that it's been great um and then if i had to have a, a, a really quick second pick it would be the future dew from glossier Oh yeah, you've been you've been wrapping that hard. Yeah, just the, it's like this serum that you put on as a last step in the like your makeup or your skincare, and it mm-hmm. it looks like you like walked out of a facial. Are you just wearing like, it right now? I'm wearing it right now.
1: Yeah, it's nice. That. I got a sample because I've been. I love Glossier shit. Stretch concealer. Have mm. you
0: try that? No, I button? don't. I haven't. Um, I, but if
1: I would. Well, that's why I don't wear foundation so i'll just put like a little bit of this because it's not like concealer it's yeah, just okay. like a little bit of a veil that like instantly melts under your skin mm. and looks like nothing and is also dewy it's weird
0: the yeah. products are so bizarre i have no idea what the fuck they are but then they're all really sudden, weird how have i not lived my life without this yep yeah, yeah.
1: It's, they're great
0: yeah it's good um yeah so i'm like I'm, I'm itching towards my, my pendulum swing of like wanting to buy everything now again. It's so just going to keep <laughs> my financial advisor, AKA my husband is, is, is not fond of this online, the online shopping sprees. He asked me to go, everything has to go through an, an approval process for him. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I like a package will come and he's like, well, you can receive this after it's gone through the approval process. Like, <laughs> You're gonna give it
1: to me now. Oh my god! Um,
0: Yeah,
1: it's tricky. It's tricky because, like, yeah, I've bought a few things that are not quarantine appropriate, but you know, one day there's something there's something about that that joy of getting something in the mail while you're sitting on your ass all day.
0: Oh, and I've absolutely found myself in like times of self loathing or like feeling like I need attention to be like, if I buy this thing. It will make me feel better. Yeah. Right. Totally. Hey, like- and sometimes
1: it does too. You know? Yeah, I mean, at least for a minute. At least for a minute, and then you and then you need more, just like any other addiction. <laughs>
0: right. Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> Okay, Betsy, we've got some amazing guys coming up. We're gonna talk to two of Betsy's pals. She's sticking around. So let's get to that. Woo! My guests today operate a nonprofit that focuses on storytelling, story listening, and mindfulness. Their core belief is that deep down, we crave the connection that story facilitates. Through weekly meetings, now virtual, telling stories can make us feel less alone and give us tangible hope. As they say, it's like warm donuts for your soul. Their work expands to corporate events, high school campuses, and a podcast. Please welcome Brad Wise and Joey Taylor of Bespoken Live. Hi. Hello, hi. gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining. Hello. Thank you. Hello. And hello, Betsy. Oh, hi again. <laughs> oh, hi again. Uh, I was just um chat. We were just chatting about how I particularly love These types of podcasts when we haven't met before. And in this case, we haven't even really chatted much before. I was supposed to come to a cuppa on Friday and then got pulled into a work call like last minute. So I didn't get to experience it. So I'm excited to learn along with everyone else, the rest of the listeners too, what you guys are all about, what you're up to. I've listened to quite a few of the podcasts I listened to the interview um want to get to that a lot of things struck me there um but I think just start off just talk to us about what you do how would you get started I think it's a, it's just a super super interesting platform and and way of of bringing storytelling to life which is one of the reasons why I started this podcast too you know right like I think storytelling is is so important. It's like the culture creator for us. It's how, you know, we evolve and learn. So I'm totally in line with there. So I'm going to shut up and let you guys go. Tell me some stories.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Stories. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So we technically started uh, in August of 2015. We got established um, with the IRS and had to put up like, what's our mission? Like what's our we going to be doing and we just said that we're going to create uh, transcendent entertainment and that idea came from mm-hmm. we had we had started doing these live uh, four-letter word shows where we would get a group of our friends who would get on stage and there'd be a mix of telling uh, personal stories improv comedy live music all centered around a four-letter word each time and whenever we did that it was at the woodward theater um, cool. something the room would just vibrate and something transcendent. Other that we didn't have much explanation for. Um, just we felt connected to each other, we felt connected to something bigger in the world. And so we were doing that under uh, an old banner, um, operating as a, a, a nonprofit, but not really being mm-hmm. able to get funds and stuff in. So we thought, well, let's just lose money and be able to raise, yeah. you know, sure. raise donations and all that. <laughs> yeah. So we launched. And then starting in 2016, we were doing live shows every month, all around a four letter word. Um, and it was during the election season and Mm -hmm. what seemed to start happening. It was, it was really weird, like towards the summertime, I don't know if you remember or not, but it just seemed like there were so many, um, police shootings, black and brown people were just getting killed. Um, it seemed like every single time we had a show, something tragic happened. And when we would come, like the word would be play or free, and it just didn't feel completely right to... I don't know, let loose and just have yeah. goof off time. right? And so we started to do these like mindfulness reflection exercises to get us in like a space where we'd be ready to kind of connect deeper and split up into smaller groups and tell stories on a more intimate basis. And that's when the room like really started to vibrate. And we mm-hmm. discovered like, oh, th- we thought we were just in the, in the, uh, work of, entertainment putting on a show yeah
0: yeah. that's Um, like a performance so to speak yeah exactly
2: and then then it it was just like oh this is why we're actually here and so it feels like since then we've been experimenting with different ways to facilitate that kind of connection in a in a bunch of different ways
0: yeah that's amazing so was it was it just like a bunch of friends or you know how did you two get together for it
2: Yeah. So we started, I work for my day job. I work for a creative agency uh, called Rebel Pilgrim and a lot of those, uh, a lot of our coworkers and our network just came from sort of a performance background. Um, Mm. So we just had a weird network of musicians and improv comedians and storytellers and just had this desire to do something together. Um, Yeah. And so that's how it all started. as we started to grow and like figure out who we really were uh, around um, 20, was it 2017 or 2016, Joey? It was after? Yeah, early 2017, I think. Early 2017, um, Joey came to us and I'll let him tell the story, but we were starting to think like, man, this story telling and um, what's happening with adults, we really think this could happen on campuses, high school, college, like it could happen with students, but we just didn't have the manpower or the, female power to do it and Mm -hmm. along came joey
0: enter joey
3: yeah and my and my background is in um international community development um and so i had lived and worked in the middle in the middle east for about three or four years and um i came back to cincinnati uh in 2015 and i think maybe you know a little bit of the story already but um um, in November of 2015, I was uh, diagnosed with stage four metastatic melanoma. And so I thought I was going to start this new job, and that's not what was in the cards whatsoever. And um, instead of working, I just focused on my treatment for a, quite a bit of time. Um, fast forward just a little bit, the election happens. Um, and because of the the spaces and the places I felt most comfortable I had just a bunch of friends in the kind of interfaith community in Cincinnati, and a local Imam named Ismail called a community meeting. And it was the day after the election, and everyone was afraid and yeah. didn't know what it was going to so, look like.
0: I remember that so, so yeah. clearly, that feeling.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I mean, it was a different kind of thing for me, because I didn't know how much longer I was going to be alive. and. It just felt like the world was collapsing around me. Yeah. And um, so we sh- I showed up at this meeting. And uh, one of the things that came out of this meeting was they asked for somebody to lead some interfaith youth programming. And I had been doing that in the Middle East. So I thought, you know, I'm super sick, but maybe this is an opportunity for me to begin to discover who I am and this new season of my life. And so I said yes and started to try to figure out what that could look like. Mm-hmm. And um I didn't quite know what it was gonna be. I was talking to my friends, local rabbis, local Muslim youth workers, other other people. I could not quite figure out what it was gonna be. And then I went to a bespoken show. And the and the bespoken show I think was hate. Um, and it was right it was it was intentionally in response to these shootings that were happening. And um, I just kind of caught the bug. I'm like, man, this is this is magic. This is what we should be doing if we're going to be trying to cross difference in any kind of meaningful way. And so mm-hmm. I went to Brad and said, Hey, can I do some stuff with young people around the city? Um, I have this invitation. Um, he said yes. We started to take some of the stuff that Bespoken had been doing and adapting it for youth context. But it was still I was just a volunteer. I wasn't mm-hmm. working and um as my health got better i started to be invited into more and more spaces and what i thought was just kind of a volunteer thing to do while i was trying to work my way through this cancer stuff um it turned into a full-time gig and so yeah. now here we are so
0: yeah. yeah so for people who have never experienced this before and you know i've heard from betsy obviously my husband has attended a virtual Kappa event when we we're talking about this you know storytelling or this focus around a four-letter word like how does that really show up like on stage You're like what are people doing how are they expressing themselves are they bringing personal stories is, is it more of performance are there any guidelines around it you know how would you talk about it to someone who's who hasn't experienced it before
2: yeah so recently uh the last two shows we've done have been uh, collaboration shows, one with White Whale, Tattoo, and then another one with The Hive. Yeah. And so, like with The Hive, we, the four-letter word was body. And so um, we had three storytellers, and they each told a personal story that uh, we tell them the only rule is um, you can't sell anything, you can't preach, you can't teach. All this is is your personal story. If there's this is any- not like
0: a TED Talk.
2: There's no, yeah, no. it's intentionally not a Ted talk. Yeah. I don't want your highlight reel.
0: Yeah. I don't
2: want you to teach me anything. I don't want you to be a thought leader. I just want you to share a personal story around a four letter word. And we want there to be a bent towards hope. It can go dark and it can be um, really raw, mm-hmm. but at some point we want some glimmer of, uh, of hope because that's mm-hmm. kind of, that's our bedrock thing. We just want to spark uh, some form of tangible hope and belonging. Yeah. So the three storytellers, they get up, they tell like eight minute stories, and okay. then we split up into triads. Usually um, one of us will lead uh, a reflection to sort of get stories going, and then they tell stories in groups of three, um, and then somebody gets up and usually says, all right, that's our show, and then everyone sticks around for another hour hanging yeah. out, and yeah. we, we charge for those shows, we used to charge uh, like a little bit of money, 10 bucks, and that's basically to cover some... Uh, booze and drinks that people can get for free mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so that's the shows yep uh, joey can tell you about the cuppa maybe
3: yeah so so cuppa is um in, instead of a, a performance oriented thing it's it's much more oriented to towards connection and um it came from one of our teachers uh, uh brown nice teachers named walter Bruggeman, and he writes a whole lot about sabbath from the Hebrew from the Hebrew scriptures and how um, an intentional break in our schedule allows us to discover who we are and and allows us to remember that we're not just kind of automatons designed to produce more and more and more
0: going and, through our daily routines day yeah. day yeah. after day. Yeah. yeah. Sounds a lot like this pandemic. Yeah, corruption. exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um so it's a time for it's a time for rest in the midst of your in the midst of your schedule. And I think Brad and I were both really compelled by this idea and um for us story, personal story is the way that we encounter ourselves and other people. And so we thought, what if we just what if we just developed a really simple little hour-long ritual with coffee? Where we broke people up into small groups, had them share a personal story around a four-letter word that that serves as the theme, and then we'll end with gifts. And gifts are things that um, we have received from one another during that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it quickly, quickly became for me the most meaningful part of my week. Yeah, um, yeah. And then that 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 kind of thing that we were we were meeting at Mom and M's coffee before the pandemic started and um we kind of saw this stuff coming and we were trying to figure out what to do and i'm gonna toss it back to brad and let him decide let him talk about how it went virtual
2: yeah we had one of our favorite um members of the little community is uh, named joan she's 84 and she and our friend meg who's like 77 76 after one of the last ones we would gathered in person they were like uh we're going to keep coming. Like this community is too important. And we just realized that we didn't want to kill Joan. Um, mm. and to go <laughs> so we, we decided to, to use zoom cause it can break y'all into breakout rooms. And right. what's, what's fascinating is I actually think, I, I'm curious to hear what Betsy thinks. I think Kappa kind of works better virtually um than it does in person. Not that we'll never go back to it, but there's something cool about coming together at the beginning. Uh we get to do a we never used to do a centering um meditation together around the four letter word we're gonna pick. But we've been reading poetry and we kind of get everybody, get the story juices going, and then we break out and then we come back at the very end to sort of we read our belief statement and then sort of give a little goodbye. But I think it's really working. What do you think? Betsy. Yeah,
0: yeah, Betsy. I want to hear about your experience too, because I know that you're super involved. I'm an
1: evangelist.
0: I'm yeah. A couple <laughs> of evangelists.
1: Um yeah, uh to answer Brand's question, I, I mean I agree. It's it's definitely different. Um and also just having you know, there's no limit, you know, geographical limitations. We have people who have come from Toronto and other places. I can invite friends from all over to join. So I, I was actually just thinking about, you know, when we do go back to, you know, being able to meet in person, maybe we can still keep a Friday Zoom. Mm. Um, because, you know, the, the in-person dynamic is also really special and like to give hugs and, and have physical touch when that's appropriate, um, but yeah, I agree. It is, it is uh, different. And I, I realized I was introduced to Brad and Joey or Bespoken, the whole thing, uh, through going to one of the live events, maybe a year and a half ago or something. And Brad started with this meditation and, and I thought it was so beautifully done. And I think Brad has a great, like, meditation guiding voice mm-hmm.
3: um he
0: does and
1: the, and the music they've found for their for the they play music in the background it's just really well it's I mean, really I'm well already played.
0: so calmed like yeah. the energy of just, of just like which is, it, it was interesting to hear you say that you think it operates well in this virtual platform because you know when it's normal times I'm recording in a studio right and we're across the table and I felt like I've missed that energetic exchange so much of like being Mm -hmm. in person and like really being able to feed off of each other's energy and picking up these the the nuances um but that you know we're hearing that this works a a little bit better i'm just that's yeah it's interesting to me
1: and there's this fun like roulette sort of aspect of like you don't know who you're gonna like be paired with so that's kind of neat you're like oh look it's you know
0: yeah or
1: it's somebody I've never met hello how are you and it's it's a really neat exchange um but in terms of my overall experience I mean I I won't take too much time I just I've been going for about a year it's just like Joey said it's become the best part part of my week and I always tell people it's like how you kind of wish church would have been or all the good aspects wonderful aspects of church in terms of the connection and the fellowship and like um you know, just, just understanding, uh, that we're all human and we all share things in common, even though we might seem different. And, um, and I always, another thing I always tell people is that it's sort of inter, inter everything. So intergenerational intercultural, uh, like our friend, Ben, his rabbi, he shows up or, or, you know, we have older friends who live in retirement homes. We have people from all different backgrounds and yeah it's yeah. just really neat that's so great I, especially for Cincinnati
0: I feel like that's not totally that's not hard or easy to come by yeah well I feel like Brad if your calming energy can penetrate the the virtual airwaves I can't even imagine what it's like to actually be <sighs> with you and get to experience
3: it's actually that. way worse he's kind of a dick in person <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's that, you know, these Zoom calls for Kappa, people feel like a little more hidden, like it's not as exposed as if you're sitting at a coffee table next to someone and and talking about these these vulnerable stories so that you have a little bit of protection. So maybe you can go a little deeper. I don't know. Like I guess I haven't participated. I really want to. I'm going to do one as soon as I can, but just kind of think it out loud.
2: Yeah, that, that's an interesting thought I have. I haven't dug deep into why it why it works. I do think it's cool that uh, you can just be in your space and you don't have to get all, you don't have to get ready. There's fewer distractions. Yeah. Um, but you're right, Betsy, you put your finger on something that I don't think I've named for myself of that roulette thing of like, as the screen comes up and you don't know who you're going to be with and then people are there. It's like a fun, fun mm-hmm. surprise.
1: Um, and I think you're also right about, though, that idea of bookending, having the whole group come back together. And maybe there's a way we can do that more effectively in person because it does create a sense of unity and not just like letting people leave as mm-hmm. their group is done, but mm-hmm. really intentionally coming back together. I think that would be it's, it's a matter of, you know, just amping up the facilitation a little bit, but we can all. This is, uh, we could have this conversation offline. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, it's it's been my experience with events similar to this or just anytime you're getting a group of people together and people are getting vulnerable and sharing their stories that, you know, people are starved for this type of connection. You know, they're they're hungry for it. And I don't even know if, if they realize that that's what it is that they're hungry for. But along with that, I also see, there can be this resistance because it can be uncomfortable, right? And I feel like that discomfort can sometimes manifest manifest itself in, oh, I don't really care about this, or like, I don't really care about what a stranger has to say, you know, that it's not that impactful to me. Like, yeah, maybe I'd want to hear what my my friends think about. A, a story or whether they're going to tell but I don't know this person so why should I care? So what do you guys say to that kind of, you know, resistance or breaking through that discomfort?
3: Um can can I go? I I mean, we talk a lot about invitation, a lot about invitation. So if if we're not explicit with what we're inviting people to, then I don't think it's fair to expect them to engage with what we're doing. And so a lot of people opt out because they don't want to do that. Right. But if you show up, um, we try to, we try to call attention to the fact that it was their agency that brought them into this place. And so because they were the ones that decided to be here, um, it's also up to them to help to create the space with
2: us. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big part of it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: I think it's like anything, anything worthwhile or meaningful that you Intend to do your resistance. Kept with a capital R is going to show up, whether that's working out or having that vulnerable conversation with a partner, totally. or whatever. Like, there's always just going to be resistance. And I've heard so many people at Cuppa talk about how um, I wasn't going to get up and, and <laughs> get there this morning, but I knew if I knew it'd be worth it if I did. And so yeah. I think the people that like make it a regular thing, even they experience that that little voice that says "I ah, don't don't worry about it this morning but then there's enough stored up experiences like maybe lodged in your body somewhere that just says no it's going to be worth it you're going to get something out of this and that it always yeah. happens it's never it's never not happened for me
0: right right it it's,
2: it's always worth yeah.
0: it. yeah it's like the, the idea of of leaning into the discomfort I always like to think about in terms of my life, if I'm afraid to do something, I, I, automatically it's like, okay, well now fuck, I got to do it. <laughs> like if I recognize that this is something that I'm afraid to do, yeah. it means I should yeah. probably push forward. And yeah, it, it can be uncomfortable, especially in a room of strangers, virtual or IRL to start sharing personal things about you, you know, how, how, and Betsy chime in too, you know, how, how deep do people get here? Do people keep it light? Do they, they really dive in? Does it depend on the day, the word? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <It> depends <laughs> on all those things. Yeah, um,
2: But yeah, what usually happens um, is it starts, it starts lighter at the top, people start sharing, and then the instant one person decides that they're going to peel back a layer or two. Yep then someone always meets them there. And then usually yeah. it's a sort of like beautiful spiral to someplace a little bit deeper that you didn't expect to go that may not even have anything to do with that four letter word. Um, but it's a, I think it's a really safe space and it always mm-hmm. then ends, ending with gifts, I think is, I think that's what people like really, really get a lot out of that yeah. someone like really sees you and tells you like, Here's what I appreciated about you. This is a gift you gave me. Like you're the way that you smiled at me today was a huge gift. Like that just feels good. Oh we my don't, god,
0: we, yeah. We
2: don't go through life getting a ton of like real compliments. We get a bunch of like double tap likes, but not a not a bunch of meaningful like
0: I see Right. You. And if you're lucky, you're getting the double tap likes too. I mean <laughs> like <laughs> i know the it's it's like a domino effect of vulnerability is like a domino effect and betsy you and i had this experience right like when you did the faq event with wise mm-hmm. and we kind of just went or, went around the room and it was almost as if like each person like each next story was like deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. until we were all just like crying in a circle but it was wonderful in, in that way
1: well, the other thing is it's usually Joey or Brad who kind of pairs or, you know, forms little groups and they're, they're mindful about who's new versus who's irregular. So they're going to pair, if you're new, you're going to get paired with just other noobs or you're going to have somebody in the group who like has been there and who is willing to jump right in. Yeah. So, you know, makes it a yeah. little bit less scary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, vulnerability breeds vulnerability, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does the uh like corporate team building look like i'm i'm really interested in this piece too because i have you know live in in a corporate world and have some real life experiences of managing two different teams i have a team in latin america and i have a team in north america and i my north america team is new i kind of inherited them i'm i'm their new manager my latin america team we've had time to establish ourselves. I've hired some of them. So we have this relationship. And with each team meeting, every week I have a team meeting, separate team calls with both of the teams. And I start out every team meeting with a good week, bad week. Like everyone shares something good that's happened and something that's not so great. It can be personal, it can be work, whatever it is. And, you know, my Latin American team, we have this really, you know, people are, especially right now, sharing very personal, vulnerable stories, mm-hmm. you know, and, I mean, just today, for example, I'm just kind of still energized from this team meeting. I had, you know, women sharing that she had been robbed by her house and she was having, you know, panic attacks for a while. And we were talking about stress and anxiety and another one sharing how she goes to therapy regularly and things that like just would not happen at a corporate work team call in my experience. And because of that, like that team, we operate like so we work so well together. It's a well-oiled machine. Like I just know they've got it. My North America team, on the other hand, right, we're kind of new. I, I didn't hire a lot of them. There might be some, you know, mistrust issues with me as a new manager. Um, and you know, I have that same exercise. And you know, their stories maybe are a little bit more surface level. You know, not getting as deep. Although I try to always like set the example of the tone of like, you know, my good week and my bad week, it's, it's really what's good and what's happening with me. And if it's uncomfortable for me to talk about, I still try to go there. But the difference then of like our ability in that North America team to not get deep, I, it's, I think reflective in the way our whole team operates.
2: Mm. I believe it. I absolutely believe it.
3: So I'm interested to,
0: to hear about you know how what that work looks that you guys do with with the corporate events.
3: Maybe two comments before, and then Brad could talk about the corporate work. Um, so I think that for us at Kappa, one of the maybe the key ingredient is the regularity with which we meet, and so um, there is a context of relationship and trust that has been established that even mm. if you're new, you come into it. And I think it's tangible.
0: You can feel it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Even if it's, even if it's in a digital space. Um, so I think that, I think that matters a lot, you mm-hmm. know, you come, come, please come. And, you know, I, I, I can't guarantee, but I'm pretty sure that you're going to have a positive experience at Kappa. But I think the real kind of potency is when you start to, to to become a part of the group and start mm-hmm. to see yourself mm-hmm. as a part of us and and as and we see you as a part of us as well um yeah so i yeah so that's that's one thing i was thinking um and then i can't remember the other thing so go ahead brad could talk
2: about corporate events
0: <laughs> happens to me all the time
2: <laughs> yeah we so we have a deck of story cards I don't know if you saw that on the website or yes, not. Yes, I did. Um, Twenty-eight cards that have they each have a four-letter word, and then prompts that get the start stories going. And uh, we've done we've done those in corporate settings with eighty-four, fifty-one, yeah. um, Cincinnati Bell, Kroger, just different you know corporations. And what happens is exactly what you said with your um, with your team. People yeah. are just like, oh yeah, we're human, and right. We have lives outside of this place, and if we slow down to remember that and to laugh together a little bit, and to maybe cry together mm-hmm. and just be be real, then all of a sudden you you have uh, some level of love and trust with one another. And yep. so, basically, now what we do when if a, if a corporate team wants us to help help them out. We'll find some excuse to split you up into groups of three to, to do that as quickly yeah. as possible. Like, we'll yeah. hear, it, like, what do you want to do? Okay, okay, we'll we'll start this way and then we'll split up into groups of three because that's <laughs> that's where the magic happens.
0: Yeah. Why three? What is it about three? Just what you found works. Yeah, Brad, better.
2: why three? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> been I talking sense a lot an inside this. joke coming yeah, here.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> a lot about this. Well, it yeah. comes from another one of our teachers uh, and mentors, Peter Block, who's a longtime consultant and now a grizzled old activist. Um, and that's triads are, are his thing. And what he, I actually called him um, on the phone early January, maybe. And I just because Joey and I were having a conversation, like, why is it, why three? I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Why does it? Why? It's just so much better when it's three even versus four. Um, and I, I asked him why, and he said the biggest thing he thinks is because nobody can hide. Mm. And it's, I've found mm. that, that when there's four, you can sort of step back and you can be the quiet one and it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the energy of the conversation because the three people will keep double dutching and, and you can just watch. Um, but if you're trying to double dutch with just three of you and one person stops, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Doesn't work. Um, yeah.
2: And so I think that's why the triad, everyone has, has ownership. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. You came up with a little tagline. Can you share that? I did. Yeah. Like triads are the quickest ways to make, uh, to make enemies into neighbors or or strangers into neighbors. Something like that. Oh yeah.
2: Something like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta write this down. (laughs) You should. It's in
2: a text somewhere.
0: Well, I was thinking about Joey when you were talking about kind of coming, you know, coming to cuppa regularly and if if people are listening and thinking, you know, oh, this I can see the benefit, but this does sound really intimidating and I don't know if I want to get it alone. I feel like it's it's really similar to working out where it is uncomfortable. You know, mm-hmm. but you have to you have to exercise your muscles to go. You have to exercise your vulnerability muscle.
3: Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i think yeah i think it's a practice like what we're doing is a yeah there's some discipline involved where um we're intentionally setting space the same time every week to do the same thing and i don't know if we're getting if we're becoming better storytellers but i think we are becoming better at showing up authentically
0: Mm -hmm. right my next question was going to be you know why, well, why is, it, why is it important for us to be able to get vulnerable and to share? Why do you guys think?
3: Um, I, have a little, I have a little thing that I say with the students that I work with. I say um, stories are the way we make sense of everything in the world. Um, without stories, I can't know who I am or who you are or who we are together. And in mm-hmm. fact, without, story, without me knowing your story, I can't know my own story because our stories are interconnected and dependent upon each other so i think it's important for for people to be authentic together because it helps me to know who i am um in some meaningful way
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think for me it's all it's everything is connected to loneliness
0: Mm.
2: and it's a it's a pretty vulnerable feeling to to feel lonely um and what happens ironically is that when when you're vulnerable and you share something about yourself, almost every time you're not the only person to experience that. And then instantly the person you're talking to Mm -hmm. feels, feels less alone. And they're just like, oh, thank
0: God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: I've seen it happen. Like, thank God I'm not the only person that feels Mm -hmm. that way. So someone's vulnerability taps into the vulnerable, vulnerable feeling I have of trying to like, keep up this facade that I got it all figured out. Sure. Sure. They they let their guard down and then we're just like, "Oh god,
0: now they, I can." Yeah. I can too. Take, right, let's take
2: right. It off we can could... be real together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and even if it's something, you know, you can't relate on a granular level, it's that, "Oh, you're carrying pain too."
2: Yeah. And yeah. I'm
0: carrying pain too. And like we're both carrying something heavy.
2: Yep. And then you don't feel so alone that you're Yeah. People are like you.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I I totally agree. I think it's I think it's so important, and it's really difficult, at least for for someone like me, who i I like to be in control. I like to think that I have control over my emotions, and that I'm the one in charge here. And you know, if I'm if I'm feeling a certain way, well, I'm I can push that feeling away. I can move past, to, like do whatever I have to do. And so then, to be able for me to sit with some of those really uncomfortable, difficult emotions, that's I don't like it, right? I don't like to do that. (laughs) I don't know many people that do, but then I also recognize like, I have to feel feelings. That's, I have to do that. So, something I've been working on for the last year. This, I, this, this realization, realization just came to me last summer that, that for the longest time, I had not, I, I like to talk about feelings, I like to analyze them. I like to do all of the the things that have to do with feelings, except actually feel them, anything yeah. to prevent me from actually feeling them. yeah <laughs> that makes
3: that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think i was i I was thinking about what you were saying, Brad, about the feeling lonely piece and then Chrissy, i so just recently we uh, I was in a group, a small group at Kappa, and this this guy who I didn't know so well he's he was starting to tell a story, and I noticed that I was like, man, I don't want to be here. Have <laughs> so much work to do. I, yeah. I Like, why am I? Why am I in this space? And he says, "Um, and then I felt alone." That's what he said. And I just dropped into my body right there and was like, mm. "Oh yeah, I feel alone."
0: Mm, I, I, like, it. yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: It was like you couldn't recognize it on your own. You had to have. You had to. Someone else helped you get there. No, you couldn't. But yeah. someone helped you get there.
3: Totally. I saw myself in him. I saw this. This common this common uh desire for belonging for being together for yeah community yeah 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 so I think that's 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 that is like that's a little bit of like the magic I feel like we're trying to 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 chase whenever Mm -hmm. we whenever we're continuing to do this again and again each week so
0: well, now that we we kind of know what it's all about, I'm super what drew you to this type of work? You know, what is it about you or your past experiences where you felt really called to do this?
2: Wow. That's a good question.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> I I think what I'm what I'm what I've been drawn to since the time I was a little kid is just like making stuff with friends like i i grew up out in the woods just trying and never succeeding but trying a lot to like build these massive forts that we're gonna
0: oh yeah me too
2: yeah like so (laughs) like i I think i've just oriented my life to uh make stuff with my friends it's my Mm -hmm. what i've always always done and then what what happens is you you make something and then you I went to design school. Graphic design is my background and just design thinking is just baked into who I am now. And so you make something and then you figure out what worked and what didn't, and then you iterate and then you do it again. And then you keep doing it until you figure out, oh, this is why we started this. And like Mm. that, that discovery that I talked about, like with the live shows of when we figured out like why we really were doing what we were doing. Um, I think there's something transcendent to the the act of creating things with the community and i like getting to the the aha of that moment um yeah and for whatever reason we got on this path and ended up here
0: yep yep i love that joey what about you
2: Um, yeah,
3: I mean, I think there's there's different stories I could probably tell about like the pursuit of finding my own identity or finding belonging that's probably been a thread throughout my life. But specifically bespoken, I don't know if the the position that I'm working in, the organization itself, feels like just such a gift to me. Um it doesn't feel like something I conjured or something I tried really, really hard to make happen. Um, all the stuff we do and like, we try to keep this on the DL, but it's really super simple. And, um, and even still, despite kind of our, despite our lack of trying as hard as we possibly can, something emerges. And I think for me, it just continues to remind me that who I am is not what I do. It's something, Mm. there's something more core to me than even the stuff that I do yeah um so yeah so something like that is probably the reason why i'm doing it
0: yeah yeah betsy i'm interested what kind of got you onto them how'd you become an evangelist um well i went to that or one what was it about? And Yeah.
1: Then, and then i actually ended up connecting with brad uh, about a year or so ago um about faq and we have some mutual friends at the time Actually, I think it was my boyfriend at the time who was like, who had met Brad and was like, I think he, you guys are trying to do kind of similar things and you should connect with him. So I did. I got coffee with Brad and, uh, and he's just like a wonderful person, like that very immediate in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. and he gave me awesome feedback and and I was like, I should start going to this thing, I guess. (laughs) And then the first time I was like, well, this is where I need to be every week. Mm. Um, so I don't think I really ever stopped going once I started, and and then I and I met Jelly, who's also amazing, and um and and one thing that I think is really brilliant about the model of it is like Brad and Jelly, at least for Cuppa, have designed it. They said it's sim- it's very simple, but it's very effective, and at the same time they've made themselves almost non-essential. I mean they're essential, but it's no one person has to be there it's about the collective and it's so like anybody it doesn't even require a leader really Mm -hmm. um it's as long as somebody there kind of knows the the rhythm um yeah Yeah. so that's that's what's beautiful is this is totally replicable and anyone could start
0: one yeah betsy were you resistant at all like did you have any feeling of or were you (laughs) (laughs) no no,
1: (laughs) no i I mean, no, I, I I live for I live for going deep, but I sometimes I'll have weeks where I come in and I'm low energy or i I have a shit attitude yeah. when I come in, you know, because mm-hmm. I I can be moody sometimes. Yeah. But I'll but like as soon as we get going, I have no choice but to like shift gears, and it's just this beautiful opportunity to see yourself. You know, like uh, lots of regulars, but usually there's a, a newbie or two every week, and, and to see yourself reflected in a stranger, mm-hmm. I I compare it to, you know, the psychedelic experience of ego death of that moment of where your your individuality melts away and you're disconnected, yeah, and yeah. um, it, it, and it like I'm not like it's profound every week. It's
0: there's something profound about it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Joy, were you gonna say something? You got looked like you got no, excited. Just agreeing it and excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, Thanks, I know the Nelly. more <laughs> the more the more I'm you know hearing you guys talk about the experience and what you get from it, it it truly is sounding to me so much like the experience of, of going to a gym and working out. Like, yeah, you can come in with a shit attitude and it turn it absolutely turns your day around. Uh, it's difficult, all these things. And we know how important, you know, exercise is for our physical body, but I just think people are lacking this part for their mind and for their, their emotional body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm interested, you know, how do you see this work contributing to, we think about a person's whole self wellness and fitness. Yeah. Physical fitness is in my mind, one small piece of the pie.
2: Yeah. yeah. To me, if you sent over a question of like, what does it mean to be fit?
0: Oh yeah, we'll get to that question. We'll okay. Get to that question. <laughs> well, then,
2: then I'll just wait.
0: You'll save it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: I,
3: I I do think I mean, there's been lots of studies on on the the health impacts of loneliness and how when you have a when you have a a sense of being connected to other people is all these positive indications for heart disease and immune system and on and on and on so there's Mm -hmm. something very um holistic about being connected and your overall health um i think i i mean this isn't exactly what you asked but i i said this a little bit with one of the stories and what i know that i've like kind of had a meaningful morning at cuppa when i have like when I have that sense in my body, like it connects me to my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes me, it reminds me that I'm not just a mind, like thinking about stuff, but I'm actually Mm -hmm. this whole person. And uh, I have, I guess it's emotions, that whole feeling feelings thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: uh, Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's similar to exercise in that, like you have, you have to give an effort, like you have to participate. You have to engage. If you come, if you come to Kappa and you get put into a triad and you expect just to like receive and not give anything, you're not going to have a good time. Right. And it's pretty similar to physical fitness. Like it requires you engaging. And once you do, you get back something. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of this, the time that we're in right now and- We're bombarded with messages. I mean, like, I can't tell you how many people at at work, the messages we get about stay connected with your, your teams, like check in on your friends, everyone on Instagram, check in, check in, be connected, be connected. Like, obviously, it's so important for us as humans to be connected, but not just in a time where we can't leave the house, you know, like, it's like... This is something I mentioned earlier that I think people are hungry for this, but they don't know. it's they, You You can't really put a finger on what it is that you're missing until you have this experience. I mean, again, haven't specifically had cuppa, but just of being in a room with people and then sharing stories and getting vulnerable, you walk away and you're like, oh, that is what I needed. Hmm. So it's Super, super important. I want to I want to shift gears a little bit. So I was listening to the the podcast i think that Brad you interviewed Joey and what struck me right off the bat was both of both of your sensitivity and awareness of emotion and it's not something that i often see present in the men in my life like i i got this like this right away from both of you the way that you were talking the questions that you asked how you responded just the overall storytelling that you were doing. And, you know, I know Betsy had mentioned talking about this, this perspective on the redefinition of masculinity. I'd love to, you know, explore this topic. And, you know, we talk a lot about this podcast on self-care and how we take care of ourselves. And for women, that's kind of, you can rattle off a million things, but I don't know if men are in a place now where they know what to do or how to take care of themselves.
1: It's
0: Mm -hmm. a lot there, but so I'll let you dive in however you see fit
2: yeah um i wish uh, i wish i had joey's beard i'm jealous of his masculinity <laughs> with that
0: it's no, a pretty I, great beard. i got
2: invited i don't know if this is an answer to your question but i it I, definitely it's i got invited to this um this male retreat with lululemon oh yeah about masculinity was called ditch the mask and it was mask masq because of masculinity um and it was i didn't want to go to this thing at all because i am not i am not yoga fit or professional bodybuilder fit at all Like i I am rocking a a dad bod for sure (laughs) um but i said yes because at that time uh, my son who was five six um was scared to do a lot of new things. And so I was like, I can't tell Henry to he's got to do, try new things if I'm not willing to do it. And so I I said, yes, so that I would have a good story to tell him. And when I showed up, my greatest fear was uh, realized like there was legit, there was an NFL player there. There was all these guys that owned a gym. I mean, they were like Adonises and uh, (laughs) there was little, little old me. Um, but the whole thing was about being vulnerable and admitting that you don't have it all figured out. And when that was the case, I felt like-
0: You were like, step aside, guys, I, <laughs> put honestly, down your weights. There's felt, a new sheriff in town. <laughs> I felt
2: very fit and comfortable. Um, mm. And I, I wonder if, if that comes from having some ego death. I haven't done it via psychedelics, but I've I've had some pretty I've had some public failures with creative ventures and projects and things that didn't go as well and and it it was seen and by other people and mm-hmm. that having to do that identity work of realizing that I'm not what I create or I'm not my job. I think if you can go through that experience and come out on the other side, then you realize there's nothing to be scared of, of being vulnerable and, and telling your story. And you realize that it it's the secret sauce to facilitating the things you want in life, connection and love and joy and hope and laughter and all that. So yeah. but I think you probably have to fail and, and admit that you failed. Maybe those two mm-hmm. things before mm-hmm. you're ready to kind of step into that, that new brand of masculinity.
0: Yeah, and I think that's hard for anyone to do, right? Male or female. But particularly I can imagine for men when it's kind of seen as like, you should have all the answers. You should know what you're doing. You're the leader, you're the rock. And then to come from this place of like, no, I failed or I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. it could be really difficult.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think my I I mean, I for me it seems to me that um I don't know, getting getting cancer when you're 27 kind of breaks you breaks you open in a way that sort of forces some of that encounter with your own fragility and things and um I I think that I mean, that's I I really don't want that to be the I don't know the climax of my story, but it, but it has very much characterized, um, like there's a before cancer Joey and an after cancer Joey. And those two people feel very different to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can absolutely relate to that too. So how do you both, you know, what does self-care look like for you? Betsy mentioned earlier in the episode, she hates the word self-care, but Betsy, what was another, what, what else can we say to mean like, how do you take care of yourself so that you're able to show up for other people is there do you have a better word i'm so open to adopting a new word
1: uh
0: well can you just say how do you how do you take care of yourself sure yeah <laughs> we can say that <laughs> how do you care for yourself so we're just gonna put the self behind care and then it's okay yeah, so. just switch it around and it's fine <laughs> okay Great.
2: until everybody else says that and then she's gonna be like nope we're back to something yep,
3: <laughs> that's,
0: yep. Totally that's how it goes <laughs> how do you take care of yourself brad what are some practices that you have personally?
2: Yeah. I mean, I can speak like right now with the uh, quarantine.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Kappa obviously is a one where you just, you get together with other people. That's one way. Yep. I take at least a daily walk with my wife. Oh, hell yeah. Where we can just talk. and
0: I love walking. I love walking to the core of my being. I want to come to a story where the four-letter word is walk.
2: We've talked about doing that. Oh, yeah, we've talked about yeah. going to a park and uh, taking a walk in the woods and oh. triads and telling stories.
0: Amazing. Um,
2: eating well. Not not even just like uh, healthy food, but just allowing yourself to eat well. Enjoy and then, food. I think this is a, a, a big one for me where I have like a handful of group chats with like three or four people that each one does different things yes, for
0: me. I love
2: that. So some I love that. Some are just like dumb memes. Sure. Some's the guys group that I go on a yearly trip with and all we do is remember beer pong stories and yes. some like we're we're sending each other like deep quotes and we're like digging into stuff. And like I'll I have five of those going on
0: all the time. And that just I think balances me right out right where we're talking about the kind of whole self-wellness you get to you get to take care of a lot of different pieces that's important
2: and then being married I think having um a good consistent healthy sex life is it's not like a good thing it's a it's an absolute necessary thing
0: yeah yeah no I would have to agree with that for sure and it's it's I don't know something that you don't think about going into it of like yes it's work but not in a way that you think about w- work not like it's hard or it's difficult but you need to be aware it, yeah. it kind of, you you need it's not something that you it's not just going to flow like it did when you're first dating or when you first got married like that's kind of where the work comes from so to speak but that there's no shame in that either like you shouldn't you lose that huge romantic spark with a person that you've been with for a long time and living together and living in 500 square feet and only seeing each other like that's okay yeah (laughs) something wrong with your relationship there's something wrong with you those are great those are great joey what about you
3: yeah i that sex sounds good that's a good one (laughs) just so yeah i was thinking a couple yeah yeah, i was thinking a couple (laughs) different practices um I mean, since the cancer stuff, I've had i I've tried to keep the twenty minute, uh, like a day meditation going. Ooh. That's probably my most um, significant personal practice. The cup of stuff is really important to me. Um, I've also just been reading a like since the the quarantine started. I've been reading a whole lot of poetry, a lot, a lot of poetry, oh, that's um, awesome. and that's been really that's been important for. Me. And I I wasn't like a big poetry person before. Like I liked it okay or whatever, but like. Now it seems to be, I don't know. I'm just, I'm sort of sick of, of big ideas and something that actually gets me feeling a little bit and gets me out of like that constant flat zone all the time Mm -hmm. is what I'm looking for. And then, um, maybe the last thing is, uh, I have a 17 month old son and I put him to bed every single night. And my wife, Brooklyn has like a very specific way she puts him to bed. Sure. we give, we give him a bath, we give him a bottle, we read it while we read him a book, and then we put him this way, he goes to sleep. and um I've been putting him to bed this whole entire time, and um i I kind of tickle him to sleep he, like, <laughs> just like giggles for like twenty five thirty minutes. and it's a very long ordeal, you know, but <laughs> you he... tickle
0: him for twenty five to thirty minutes. I would so... that sounds like torture to me. It's <laughs> it's not not like it's not
3: not like constant it's like he he'll like try to to grab my ear and then i'll like tickle him and then he'll stop and look Uh, at me and then do it again it's like a
0: little playful yeah Yeah, it's real playful and then
3: he gets so tired from it and he just goes to sleep
0: so you're wearing out.
3: I'm wearing them out yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and at first
3: Brooklyn my wife was like why are you doing that you're messed up It's whole schedule blah 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 and now um when I walk into our bedroom after he's asleep she has this big smile on her face because she's she's been hearing him like laugh for the past 30 minutes you know yeah so yeah that's a real source of I don't know joy. it just feels like at the end of the day these days I'm exhausted I'm like yeah white right, right. yeah um and so having that Yeah, that reminder of humanity of this of this little person is really, really great.
0: Yeah, I love these are such great examples, because I think going back to this kind of dilemma I see with men maybe not being able to identify what self care looks what taking care of themselves looks (laughs) like. (laughs) But really, it's like it's you've just got to recognize, like you said, what brings you joy? You know, what allows you to to break that kind of static line of the day? Like, those are the things you're looking for. It doesn't have to be, you know, what men's health is telling you to do or, or whatever other media source you're getting it from. It's like really just be able to identify those moments in your day. Like, this feels good. This walk, this makes me feel good. This group, this meme, like that's self-care. Taking care of yourself. Damn it. Fuck. <laughs> I can't get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Okay. We did. Okay. This is the question now, Brad. We've arrived to the question.
3: Browsing, prepping for it. Yeah. Here we go, Brad. Let's do
0: it. What does being fit mean to you? Uh,
2: being fit means being able to do fifty push-ups and then challenge <laughs> five friends to do fifty.
0: Uh-huh. That is on,
2: on Instagram. Yes. If, you, if you can't do that, you're a slob. Yeah, you, you are should.
0: not fit. Yeah, <laughs> you're
2: not fit. Not fit at all. <laughs> not caring for the self um yeah no i i right before we got on this call i was thinking about that because i was like well i want to make sure i honor your request to have an answer for that question um and i think it it has something to do with uh balance like being like sustainable balance and i think Mm -hmm. what i mean by that is that you're doing you're doing work on your your head heart and body Mm -hmm. in a in a a way that you can actually sustain. So anytime you get out of balance and you're like, man, you're you've you've nailed that six pack and that you've spent all your waking hours torturing your body to get there, but you haven't done any work for your heart Mm -hmm. and mind really. Mm -hmm. Um it's reaching some level of vulnerability and awareness in all three of those centers, I think. And then being able to do it in a in a sustainable way and i think what happens is that we often get really excited about the next program whether for each of those centers what? and we'll focus for a while but like i did p90x way back in the day yeah. and it was great for those 90 days but then once it was done i was like thank god and i never went back yeah
0: right <laughs> it's that, not sustainable it's yeah not,
2: it just wasn't sustainable to work mm-hmm. out for that long every single day
0: right
2: um, yeah. and i didn't have any time to do anything else really it felt like so there's something to that, like sustainable balance, I think, and doing the work of consciousness for your head, heart, and body.
0: Yeah. Oh, I it's love fitness. that. Yeah. It's perfect. Joey, what about you?
3: Um, I was thinking, I was thinking of, of things, two teachers of mine said the first one is Peter. We talked about him before. And he talks about how um, self-improvement is violence. Um, and then the other person, uh, is John O'Donohue, who's a poet, philosopher, um, Irish guy who's, who's, who died. And he says, um, be exceedingly kind to yourself. And I, I think, I don't know, for me, I, I feel, I mean, talk about feeling your body. I feel a little resistant to the idea of fitness as a result of your own efforts, um, I remember when I had when I had cancer and I w- well and I was like down to 160 pounds from 210 my normal weight or whatever,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and the doctor saying you just need to eat you just need to eat whatever you can just eat, and yeah. now I'm like a little overweight and I'm like happy about it I'm like really yeah. grateful for it oh, and yeah. um <laughs> I don't know so I so I think I think uh, honestly for me fitness is something about some combination of being kind to yourself and maybe also uh, recognizing that your wholeness, your value, your worth has really little to do, if maybe nothing to do with how you're performing or with what program you're taking part in. So,
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And kind of talking about landing in your body when you've said the words, be exceedingly kind to yourself. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys like saw my face. I was like, yeah yeah and Betsy this really plays into the conversation that we just had Mm -hmm. with kind of you know telling the difference what between self between discipline and obsession and if we really think about like which one is lending itself towards kindness I think it's it's, Mm -hmm. it becomes that line becomes clearer Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely that was great Thank you guys both so much. I really appreciate it. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in a cup of real soon. Ooh, maybe hopefully Friday, actually. Yes, that yeah. might work. This episode comes out on Friday. Hopefully, I'll be joining you guys then too. So thank you so much. Where can people follow you? Where can, you know, they they sign up for cuppa, get more information, all that good stuff. On the internet.
2: <laughs> at Bespoken yeah. Live, right?
3: BespokenLive.org. At Bespoken Live um you can find the information for the cup of sessions on wednesday and friday from 8 to 9 a.m um yeah we're on instagram and we have a podcast of our own yep. check us out all those places
0: what's yeah. the podcast called
3: i think it's bes- just bespoken live isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah awesome <laughs> Perfect.
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, we put out li- we put out little meditations that like begin our our cup of session so if you're looking for a little six, like six minutes with some music behind it to try to find some stories that maybe will connect you with yourself and other people. There's probably like 10 on there, 15 on there right now. So
0: yeah. Yeah. It's a good place to start. All right. Well, thank you listeners. As always follow the podcast at what the fit podcast rate review, just tell all your friends, go on your walks and tag what the fit walks. Thanks guys.